Josh Helbert. Let's go, baby. It's a victory Monday, as you like to say. Everything's different. You know what? I uh, Gabe and I talk about this a lot on the sideline, and I think I would include you in this group, Josh. Would you say that we are big vibes guys? We're big vibes guys. All about the vibes, right? And we're hoping the vibes are great. Need good vibes. Right. But now, now, now hold, hold up here just a second. Hoping. Hoping. I feel like we're in the midst of good vibes right now, don't you? Oh, I was just saying in terms of like, hey, uh, going into this past week, gotcha. like, okay. hey, let, let's let's I make it you're nice. Doing. You're being a smart radio guy. You're building it up. I appreciate it. I am. Yeah, the, the vibes are illustrious at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I have a very close friend of mine who one time uh, who has often said, I find it sad how much my uh, mood – and mental well-being is tied to the performance of a bunch of 18 to 23-year-olds. And I've always laughed about it because, well, I kind of feel the same way in a very uh, first-world problem kind of a way. But when they say the sun shines a little brighter, the flowers smell a little better, the traffic is a little more bearable, the person you can't stand is a little bit more likable. I could keep going. Everything seems a little bit better, Josh, after a dub, doesn't it? Oh, no doubt. And then I'm. this is a three-hour show about OU football and its performance on Saturday every Monday after a game. All right? Have we, we, we have come to an agreement about that on this program, correct? Absolutely. Okay. But when you consider everything that needed to happen for Oklahoma heading into Saturday to keep what I guess at the time would be considered somewhat concerning, concerning conversations about whether or not they could get back to the Big 12 championship game for the first time in two seasons, Josh, suddenly a couple of things that needed to happen happened. As we've talked about in the Michigan case, we were able to muddy the waters just a little bit and make it a little bit more conducive to Oklahoma playing in the Big 12 championship game. But, but, what had we always said last week? What... It's hard to have those conversations. Those of you who are eternal optimists, the sunshine pumpers that were, and I'm, I'm one of you. You guys know that. I'm one of you. Where you would say everything, it's also out there in front of us, right? Some people hate to hear that, but it was true. What would we constantly say? That's a great conversation to have. You're not incorrect, but we need to see this team put it together on the field before we can allow ourselves to entertain those conversations, right? So did you feel that on Saturday against a West Virginia team that needed – let me just re- rephrase that. A West Virginia team that had played really well, right, that had bounced back after a tough loss to Oklahoma State. They 
throttle what looks to be now a BYU team that uh, hopefully Oklahoma can just land that knockout blow on Saturday morning. It it just appeared as if West Virginia coming into this had a lot of things going for them that gave the Sooners problems. Number one in time of possession, best offensive line that Oklahoma had seen, right? We heard about that constantly. Um, mobile quarterback, a guy in C.J. Donaldson who was, uh, who was really one of the more powerful runners that we had seen, kind of Ollie Gordon-esque. And Oklahoma just went out and did the things that you wanted to see to kind of, not kind of, to let you know that it's different, right? This isn't 2022 all over again. This isn't have a win, feel like you get some momentum, and then get beat. Now, I'm not going to lie. After that first drive, I'm sure there were some doubters, Josh. I'm sure Twitter was ablaze after that first drive. I'm sure the Facebook groups and the message boards were losing their minds after that first West Virginia drive. And I'm not by any stretch of the imagination trying to sit here and tell you that all is right with the world and everything is fixed and Oklahoma is is back and they're going to the Big 12 championship game. I'm not trying to say that either because a lot still has to happen. But didn't, I mean, didn't you all see what you wanted to see from this team to kind of reinstill a little bit of hope? Now, it's frustrating, right? Because you get a little bit more of of that from Gavin, a little bit more of that from Dylan Gabriel, a little bit more of that from, say, the defense. And and I'm not even saying a lot, just a little bit. And you're probably sitting at the worst, like 8-1, maybe 9-0 right now. But you can't. You can't live like that, right? Or 10 and 0, I guess it would be. You got to think about the positives. And for me, Josh Helmer, the team did what I needed to see them do. Yeah, there's no racing. Obviously, the, the couple of weeks prior, you just got to move forward. And I thought Oklahoma did a good job of doing just that. Uh, you know, can't eliminate what happened before, but you can approach this week in a professional way and go out and give it a business-like approach. You know, you did that. Start to finish, save for, you know, the opening drive, sure. There were probably some complaints there. Even the uh, the touchdown drive before halftime had the questionable pass interference on it. So uh, I, I almost feel like that was more a touchdown drive or a field goal drive that Oklahoma gave up there rather than a, than a touchdown drive. So it was a complete performance from Oklahoma. Th- this was the OU team that we saw in the Cotton Bowl. Right. Th- that was it. Right. Um. So, Toby put this tweet out, and I found this website. All right, all right and he found this website. And I'm not going to lie to you. It is now, it's now kind of dominated. It's dominated my, like, last 15 minutes in trying to come up with ways that Oklahoma makes the Big 12 championship game. And it's a very, very simple thing. They still need some help, right? They're, they're, they still need some help. In fact, it might be fair to say, at least by what I've been able to figure out, Josh, they need a, a little bit more than maybe I realized as far as help is concerned. They, and maybe more than anything else, they really, really, really need Iowa State to beat Texas this weekend. <laughs> they really need Iowa State to beat Texas this weekend, and it wouldn't hurt. It wouldn't hurt if Oklahoma State lost again, right? But if Iowa State can beat Texas and Kansas State can beat Kansas, which sounds wild, 
Well, even if even if Kansas beats Kansas State, if Iowa State beats Texas and Oklahoma takes care of business its last two weeks, all right, I, and, and I don't know. I, I think it's Iowa State. I don't think if – like if Texas beats Iowa State and then loses to Texas Tech, yeah, Oklahoma is, isn't in. If Texas beats Iowa State and loses to Texas Tech and everything plays out, uh, then uh, Oklahoma is still kind of hosed. But if Oklahoma, if Texas beats Iowa State, Josh, it suddenly opens that door somehow, some way for the Sooners. We need the Cyclones. Come on, Clones, one where's, time. Where's Cyclone Larry at? Hold me check one more thing on this. See, this is all I've been doing. Yeah, if if Texas can get beat by Iowa State, nothing else matters if the Sooners win the next two games. Let's go, Cyclones. Yeah, and if that does not happen, well, then uh, ah. then a lot of things probably need to happen. Um, where, where do you want to start from Saturday night, man? Welcome to the Plank Show, as always. It's a Monday recap show. Your Knippelmeyer Chevrolet texts at 405-651-3439. Uh, it's the best way to get in touch with the program. Uh, love to get your, your calls at 405-329-9000 on the Riverwind Casino jackpot line. Josh and I are very active on Twitter at Plank Show at Josh on Ref. Everybody, please give us a follow at KREF Sports. Josh, let's let's hit our biggest takeaways from Saturday night. Where do you want to start? Well, I think we sort of touched on this. It was a great performance, both sides of the football. The the most complete performance from Oklahoma. Not their best performance, right? Because that that is awarded to the Cotton Bowl performance for Oklahoma. But this was the most complete for OU. And, you know, look, if we're going to sit here and deservedly so Grinch and complain and be frustrated by the end-of-game sequencing and play calling versus Kansas and uh, many other a play call along the pathway here this season, we can't then have a 59-20 result and not say job well done to Jeff Levy in this offense. I mean, it was – it was an incredible offensive performance. And actually, Dylan Gabriel, early in the game, though he accounts for eight touchdowns, wasn't totally accurate on a good. couple of throws. So it, it was, good. man, it was an incredible, incredible, incredible offensive performance. And hats off to the play caller because uh, he had himself a great week. Hats off to the play caller. I know. I know your natural reaction, and I'm not pointing a finger at you, Josh. Because it was the very first text I got after the game. Why weren't we doing that? <laughs> why, why did we feel like we had to gimmick things up the last two weeks? I don't know. I don't know. But that, that was awesome. The mix. My, I've got like five biggest takeaways. And obviously that's what we do in our top five stories today coming up at 11 a.m. Oh, heads up, Connor Pasby. Heads up, Josh Helmer. Uh, in, in years past, when we would do Coach's Corner, my favorite coach to interview was always Kale Gundy. Do you know why I love to interview Kale Gundy, Josh? Why is that? Because he was always early. <laughs> and he was great. <laughs> and it, but Kale was always early, man. And he always wanted to go early. He'd, he'd text me, can we go early? I'm like, yes. And then I'd tell everyone, hey, we got to go early. I, Coach has a meeting, y'all. we got to go early. Sorry to any of the former producers that are listening right now. But it's always nice to get things done a little bit early, right? Who sure doesn't like being done early? No, that's a great feeling. In uh, Maybe in tribute to Kale, 
Bill Beanbow has now become that guy that shows up early. <laughs> so heads up, we got Coach Beanbow and Coach Chavis today on Coach's Corner. So there may be where we usually can ski, skedaddle out of here at about 11.25 or so. Might be more like 11.20. So heads up, Connor. Heads up, Josh, on that front. But as we tape Coach's Corner today and before we get to those major five takeaways – I love – I know Coach afterwards said there's some things we need to do that aren't Oklahoma football, and I understand. But, dude, come on, dude. Whenever one of your guys takes a shot like Drake Stoops did and the first person there is your quarterback, let's go. I mean, it might not be the smartest thing, and I didn't realize that, Josh. I didn't realize Dylan Gabriel was the first guy there until he told me. And I think for a lot – in fact, I was, uh, I was talking to my buddy Jay Clary and, uh, yesterday, and Jay goes, and then I saw eight go over there. I'm like, yeah, that was Gabriel. And he looks at me and goes, oh, my gosh, it was. I mean, here is I, – I, I don't think – they didn't end up flagging it, right? They didn't call they, – they call it a personal foul afterwards. But um, I thought – I thought it was a pretty cheap shot. And then to stand over the guy after he scored a touchdown on you was even worse. And almost like WWE style, Josh, the lights, your quarterback is the first person there to get in that guy's face, and he's pushed by another guy as the lights go down. And then here comes a heat-seeking missile known as Jalil Farouk. I understand. I understand, okay? I get it. It's not the biggest moment of the game. It's not the biggest play of the game. It's not, it costs you a McCain Matoyer, right? Why do I love it so much, Josh? Well, it did bring us the fist bump moment from... From Joseph Harris? Yeah, from President Harris, which is pretty amazing. (laughs) Well, you love it because it's guys going to bat for one another. And when you're a part of a team in that sort of environment and one of your teammates takes that kind of hit and then gets that sort of disrespect, you go to bat for your guy. You don't, you don't let him sit there and get treated like that. And frankly, at different points in the past, we haven't seen that out of Oklahoma. Not this season, but just over the years. There's been other instances where it could have gotten chippy, right? Mm-hmm. And guys didn't necessarily enter the phrase. So, look, I love it when, when teammates aren't going to sit there and stand for that sort of nonsense. I have a great regret, though, and I don't know if this is something that is just dumb luck for me or what, but I was getting ready for the mid-first update, so I didn't get to – you know me. You know where my background is, peeps. Dale Apollo Cook, Extreme Fight League. I mean, come on. UFC, MMA, that's where I cut my teeth, peeps. So I was really – as this is going down, Do you remember many, many moons, many, many, many moons ago, there was Miami and like Florida International or Florida Atlantic or somebody, and on the broadcast, they had a former Miami player, and he was just, he was, I'm going down there. This is, I'm going down there. Like, literally, you can hear him wrestling his headset as he's like getting ready to try to go down the elevator and get in the fight that's going on on the field. I don't think I would quite be, be to that degree. But it's kind of like every sideline reporter's dream. It's like, 
Chris, what's going on down there? Even though that was amazing. Have you listened to, to Ted and Toby on the call of it? <laughs> no, I'd we'll love ha- to hear it. We'll have to play it later. It's incredible. And you could tell right away, Ted is hot. He's hot. He's mad. But back to the point, that to me says, God, it's going to sound so corny. I'm sorry. But like brotherhood, it says team. It says standing up for one another. I mean, the freaking quarterback, the most protected guy in all of sports, the most protected guy in all of sports, in, in all of combat slash physical sports, right, is the quarterback. They put a yellow penny on him. Don't touch the quarterback. He's got a different set of rules for when you can hit him and where you can hit him and how hard you can hit him, right? It's the most protected position there is. And that's the first dude that's right there in the face. Ready to mix it up. Ready to mix it up. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty awesome. And you know, Dylan Gabriel's not a six foot six, two hundred and thirty five pound quarterback right. either. I mean he's he's uh some guts. He, he a little bit so that that was one of my big t- I loved seeing that team stand up. I still haven't seen great angles of it because unfortunate and it the light show was awesome. It was amazing. Um and I loved it that it was dark from the start. So when the lights go down and that intro video hits chills but I loved seeing that team stand up for each other in that moment and then in a, Josh just I know we're running long here in our first segment but to see it I think the, the appreciation for Drake and knowing what he's meant to this team and to see him be the guy that kind of like grabbed the mic on either Monday or Tuesday night in post-practice of and said guys we got a lot to play for i uh, this team is not just tapping out because we lost a couple games. And that he was the guy over the last few weeks that has stepped up and kind of found another level to his game. I just I thought that was one of the coolest moments. Plank, he's basically had 300 receiving yards Jeez. the past two weeks. So good. He's the uh, first wide receiver since CeeDee Lamb in 19 to go for a buck 64 or more receiving in a game. So, yeah, I'd say uh, I'd say our man Drake Stoops is having a nice couple of weeks. He had 10 grabs. Are you kidding me? Unreal. All right. So, <laughs> we started with the fight. <laughs> we started with the brawl. But let's talk about the running game. So, about the goal line stand. But, Josh, I want to talk about one of my favorite things that maybe I shouldn't be surprised by, and I'm not necessarily surprised by it, but I'm, uh, I'm really excited for it, involving this team and its future. And we'll get into it next right here on The Ref. Tell you, Josh, that's the best feeling in the world. Whenever you're, you're feeling like you have to start explaining something to someone, and they're like, no, no, dude, don't worry. I, I, you don't have to. I get you. I feel it. <laughs> yeah, I've lived that <laughs> life, my man. <laughs> we were talking about, I, I have the worst writer's block right now. I've never had this before. And I have two articles that are due today. And I, f- and I was telling you, I feel really, really good about both of them. I think they're in really good spots. I had a great – I'm writing about Nick and Rodney. More, I'm, I'm more kind of like a brother's vision of – and I know a lot of these stories. Jesse Crittenden, I mean, my gosh, I went and read his article, and I was like, holy smokes. I got some work to do to get up to that level. He wrote a great piece on the, uh, the Anderson family over at OUinsider.com. And – so I maybe I got intimidated by Jesse's piece and how good it was, Josh. Where I'm like, okay, I got to bring this thing together. 
and it's just like, but choo choo synapses aren't firing. And then all of a sudden, it's like, well, hey, you know, I, uh, I guess I could watch a little bit of this game. And then all of a sudden, you're like, well, you know, <laughs> that is a new Rick and Morty that's on tonight, so I yeah. guess I can watch that. <laughs> that's right. Well, you got to watch that. <laughs> did I mean, you watch? Did you watch last night? No, I'm so far okay, behind. Okay. Too. I need like, uh, well, I need an off season again to <laughs> to get caught up. I'm not gonna lie to you. Okay, maybe it was because I was procrastinating and I knew what I was procrastinating from. But I watched last night after the uh, show with Arnie. Kind of got me a little bit, dude. Rick and Morty. Really? Was, it kind of got me a little oh, bit last man. night. I'm not going to lie. Anyway, uh, articles coming, Mark. <laughs> at OU Photo Guy, Lindsay, I love you both. Please don't be mad at me. I, I consider... Deadline day, November thirteenth. That means. That means I uh, I have until what midnight to get this in. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> take as long as you need. Wait, I know I don't care about Monday Night Football. All right, let me let me get to one thing here, and then we're gonna spend the rest of the show with your reaction. Uh, I the Kenipomar Chevrolet text line is on fire, and it's really good. Uh, Josh Helmer. Bravo to the fans, man. Oh yeah, it was what an environment. I there. And, and it's – every time I say something like that in my mind, I think, boy, someone like Sean's probably going to be mad at me, right? Because – right? <laughs> Don't let him make you self-conscious. No, no, no. no. Carry I, on. I, I think about this a lot because to me, and I, and I mean this, I think you know this, Sean, I mean this as a, as a high level of praise. He's a good reminder that, guys, it's not like we're some Big 12 also ran. This isn't a 40,000-seat stadium. This isn't a fan base that's just been introduced to good football, right? This is Oklahoma freaking Homa. And, and so I'm, I'm always thinking of that, right, whenever I say things like the palace was popping or the crowd was amazing because it should be and it has been. But there is – there's like a different energy, dude. And I think part of it, it helps whenever you have officials. Everyone loves to boo the officials. I think it's sometimes you'd much rather have a bad call where you could tear up the officials more than you can, you know, cheer a big play, right? Uh, I'm being somewhat facetious there, but I don't know if I am. I don't, I don't know why, but that was one of the best night game environments that I can remember. I mean, that was no one. Now, uh, I don't want to say no one left because with about seven minutes left in the fourth quarter, a lot of you had left. But I don't blame you. That's fine. It was one of those where you'd gone all out all day long. I get it, right? And as someone who has sat in traffic quite a bit and what whatever we're trying to do from uh, Lindsay to Highway 9 to I-35 on that ramp, which whomever – design that needs to never ever be allowed to design a highway again ever i get it i you want to get out early but from from the moment the the pride hit the drums to to, 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 to the moment that the lights went out after dylan was was pushed by one of the defensive players and the the brawl was on and i say brawl i mean it wasn't 
I guess it was a brawl. I guess it's about as good as you get in football, right, without anyone getting hurt. I don't know about you, Josh. I don't know about you guys uh, today. And maybe it's Brent. Maybe the way he's challenged the fans. Maybe it's seeing this defense be the way it is. Maybe it's the personalities of these players. Maybe it's the fact that they are 8-2. and two. I don't know. But holy smokes, man. There is just... There is just this juice. There's a part of me. There's a part of me that thinks a lot of people take their role as a fan much more seriously because the coach is so connected. I don't know if look, we have some great environments. I'm not trying to say anything negative about Lincoln Riley here, but I feel like that Brent Venables makes it a point to make sure he knows that he respects fans and he doesn't care that you're mad because he's mad too right I mean there is there is no doubt about where Brent Venable stands with the fan base and he loves him and I think y'all love him and you believe in him and I think that's a part of it but I don't with what they're doing in game with what the marketing crew does at OU with Caitlin and everyone there is there's too many times out timeouts in college football to begin with you added a bad officiated night. You added a big night for Drake Stoops. Maybe the embracing of the last few months. I don't know. I, I could go on and on and on. If you were there, you know. It was pretty special as far as an atmosphere was concerned, Josh. It really was. It was great. And obviously the football itself helps. When you go out and save for the first drive defensively, get off to a roaring start, and the offense is humming, and defensively you're getting a bunch of stops, that, that is conducive to, well, a rowdy environment. But uh, Oklahoma held up its end of the bargain on the field, and guess what? The fans delivered too. Primetime environment, it, just, uh, it was the perfect concoction for, uh, well, the great, uh, great night at Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium. Oh, great night. So uh, kudos to you. Kudos to you. I, I just – it's not as if the fans aren't ever crazy. It's not as if the fans aren't ever loud. I just, you know, maybe part of it too is that knowing what's coming, knowing the SEC, right, seeing it, embracing it, I don't know. But it's all come together to create something, something pretty awesome. Pretty awesome this year. And I know we have – and maybe part of it was just we haven't had a lot of primetime games, Josh. <laughs> maybe the fact that you haven't been able to get all lubed up and fired up before you get in there. So many 11 a.m. kicks this year. So many. But I just thought the fans were great, man. All right, let's, uh, it, let's get back to the game. Let's get back to kind of where you stand, how you feel about things. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line the rest of the way here at 935. It's the Plank Show on a Victory Monday on The Ref. Plank show right here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Sports Radio Network with Josh on Plank. Wait, hold on. I just screwed up, didn't I? You're supposed to bring us back. That's our new rule, Josh. My bad. Well, that was more fun, wasn't it? Sorry. Finally. Finally. The wait is over. Back in the uh, win (laughs) column for Oklahoma. (laughs) Hour number one, by the way, brought to us by VH Fence. That's Van Hoos Fence. Check them out, vhfence.com, 405-735-1167. You should go there, Plank, because of why? Why is that? 
Well, I, I thought uh, we had a Because thing. Bob Stoops said so. That's right. Ding, ding, ding. By the way, I, before you get to these texts real quick, I did want to say something that uh, a texter brought up on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line that is absolutely 100% correct, Josh. We can talk about Cincinnati beating Texas. Or I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Iowa State beating Texas to get Oklahoma in. But somehow, some way, if Cincinnati beats Kansas, Oklahoma's in the Big 12 title game. <laughs> really? Yeah. If I mean, it doesn't matter. Now, hold on here. Let me check one thing here. So basically. Oh, but, but here's the thing, too. All right, you ready? All it takes is Cincinnati beating Kansas. Assuming right? there's a three-way tie between Oklahoma State, OUK State. Right. But that would also that would also you would also need Kansas State to beat Kansas. So you would need Kansas to lose its last two games. Right. If Kansas State beats Kansas and Cincinnati beats Kansas, yes. But if Kansas beats Kansas State, then Oklahoma is not in. What uh, was the update on Jason Bean? I didn't hear anything. I didn't hear anything. But I thought the Ballard kid looked good once he got going. I thought I, – I cannot think – They almost won. They almost won the thing. They should have won the thing. I want to thank Casey uh, Vineyard, Brian Vineyard, and our crew, uh, our sales crew over at The Ref because there is no better place for me to be than Yo Pablo in the pregame because, Josh – Every game is on. I mean, every game is on. So I'm sitting there watching. I think I did play-by-play on the air. I'm sure we'll be in trouble for that. But it was amazing. All right, I'm sorry. So you were right, but you also need to make sure that Kansas doesn't win the Kansas State game if that happens. So you might say, isn't it as simple as Kansas does this? Well, yeah, but there's a couple of other things that need. There is no it's this simple outside of Iowa State beating Texas. That's the it's simple as far as Oklahoma getting to the Big 12 title game. The uh, KU-Cincy game, it's at Cincy? It is. Correct. At least according to this now website that we are treating like the gospel, which could – oh, no, no, I apologize. It's in Cincy. It's in Cincy. It's in Lawrence. Gosh, how many games are they going to play in Lawrence this year? I feel like they're always They're always home. Okay, I'm sorry, Josh. City Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Outside of the uh, Texas game. That's the only game they've played, uh, and I guess uh, Iowa State. Right. Spence uh, in Tulsa. Can we get a Matayer appreciation segment for being a football guy of the night? Did you see the video of him? I'll send it to you. I just got a text of it, so you can watch it while while we're on the air. I guess it – I guess, I guess Eddie uh, had a little side shot of it. And there's a little pushing and shoving be- between him and twelve, and and, and Matoyer points at the guy, and immediately Matoyer is the guy that gets in trouble. Oh, <laughs> uh, a lot of guys, Josh, a lot of guys that have been the target of criticism for fans won their hearts on Saturday night, right? Dylan Gabriel, McCain Matoyer, Kendall Dolby. Incredible. All right, where do you want to go next? Jeff Levy. Oh, Jeff Levy. Thank you. Gosh. Not, not a player, but. Yeah, good point. 402. We're going to see how people really feel about the aforementioned Jeff Levy because you know Zach Selman will be making a phone call about the Mississippi State opening. 
Yeah, during uh, during my drive-in this morning, I saw the note on Zach Arnett getting fired at Mississippi State, and you know that it's unfortunate for him. I don't think I don't think Zach was. <laughs> there's two Zachs. There's Zach Selman. There's Zach Arnett. I don't know that he was necessarily ready to be a head coach, Josh, but with everything that happened and Mike Leach passing, he took over. They won a couple big games. Yeah. And uh, Zach Selman was relatively new. I, in fact, I don't even know if Zach had named him the full-time coach. I think he kind of inherited that. But I started thinking about, okay, where are ties? Who, who might Zach Selman look at in his past and say – I, I know this guy from Oklahoma, and then the first dude that popped up was Lebs. And I know that he was only with Jeff for a year, but from what I could tell, Zach was a big fan of Jeff Levy. And I, I don't know about you, but even though, even though Mississippi State seems to be fighting an uphill battle in the SEC, they've they've got some facilities now, man. That was. I was really blown away when I went on that campus. I mean, I was really blown away. Uh, and it does, unfortunately, it looks like their their stadium, they started building it, and then they're like, oh, we got to add this here. And it's like my it's like my nine-year-old, like a Lego set where they just had to pop a few things in a couple of places. But it's a, it's a cool stadium. They got cool facilities. And, I mean, I don't know if it's the first head coach's job that you could have. I think maybe uh, you might be looking more if you're – Zach Selman across the country at some of the guys that already have a little head coaching experience. Here's here's from the ESPN story, okay? Okay. Some potential candidates to replace Arnett. Tulane's Willie Fritz, Liberty's Jamie Chadwell, UNLV's Barry Odom, Kansas's Lance Leipold, Troy's Troy's John Summerall, Oklahoma offensive coordinator Jeff Levy, Michigan offensive coordinator Sharon Moore. I'd completely forgot that Sean Moore was an Oklahoma guy. Um, Boy, he uh, – my man can give a post-game speech now. Yeah, he's trying to get us in trouble. <laughs> Did you hear that? Oh, yeah. Kobe, what are you doing? <laughs> um, I had kids in the car. No, I'm kidding. Dude, one time Pop and I were playing a piece of audio. I was trying to be funny and play the Dennis Green audio. And I played the unedited version, and I couldn't <laughs> lesson get it, learned. And I couldn't get it to stop. And we're like, <laughs> and we, I think we were fighting about a trivia game we were trying to do anyway that I'd screwed up. So, um, shut it off! Shut it off! Shut, I can't control it. Um, I think Levy. I think that'd be a good first job. But I also, I wonder, I wonder at Mississippi State if they feel like they need to bring in someone with head coach's experience. Yeah, due to Troy, Chadwell at uh, Liberty would be really good. Leipold, if you can get him to just basically bring his staff over, if, I think it would be a home run. Okay, just real quick. I can't believe I'm asking this. Is Mississippi State a better job than what Leipold has at Kansas right no, now? No, I don't know that it is. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I don't know. But you know what I also appreciate? And, and I know we want to get to Joe and Tulsa's text, too, here real quick, Josh. I appreciate that we're not in college football – Caught in this mindset of we got to find like the Sean McVay, the young, the up and coming, the, the the Lincoln Riley. I like that they're looking at things and saying, "Man, Willie Fritz has done a heck of a job at Tulane. Lance Leipold's done a heck of a job at Kansas. Liberty, you know, Liberty, Jerry, and and I I know what is it, Jamie or Jeremy? Chat, Jamie, Chat, Jamie, Chat. 
I, I know that he's not necessarily an elder statesman, but we're not necessarily just going out and trying to find the youngest, hottest coordinator somewhere. And maybe Levy would be considered in that category. But when you hear names like Leipold and you hear names like Willie Fritz, I find that incredibly reassuring. Yeah, you want to hit Joe in Tulsa real quick? Let's do just that. From Joe in Tulsa out of the 918. My only issue with Saturday is why Jackson Arnold or the coaches would want a red shirt. Caleb uh, will be gone in three or four years at max. If Arnold is in college five years, that means he underachieved and lost his job and wouldn't be a sooner in year five anyway. It would be a Rattler situation. <laughs> Why not play now and get reps? Joe, that is a great, great question. question. Completely agree. I, I, don't, I don't know. And it kind of goes – it kind of ran counter to what they had said earlier in the season – but we're no longer – maybe in their eyes they see the same thing, Joe, that you do. Hey, he's here. Here's his red shirt year. He's going to start for two years. Then it's going to be Michael Hawkins. Then it's going to be the Sperry kid. And then it's going to – you know, in, in other words, you always feel like you have that pecking order ready. But even we know those best laid plans don't always go. As, as planned or advertised, right? I'm, I'm old enough to remember doing talk shows when everyone was telling me, and J, where's J-Rod Mann up in Tulsa? Jared knows. Wait till Blake Bell gets here. Dual threat quarterback. He's going to leave Landry Jones in the dust. And, and listen, Blake's had a great NFL career, but is a tight end. Oh, wait till, wait till we get, well, I don't think anyone was trying. Well, no, actually some were trying to chase Jalen off. Hey, we weren't happy with the offense. Spencer Rattler is the purest form of what Lincoln Riley wants in a quarterback. He's the – and it didn't work out, right? Hey, here comes Caleb Williams. My gosh, Caleb Williams. He's a man. Transfer portal, boom, gone. Then where are you? You're stuck. Your quarterback room is barren. You're having to go get Davis Bevel out of pit. No offense, Davis. Love you, man. But I, I wonder if it's just like a numbers thing they're thinking more than anything else. What if Jackson gets hurt? What if he struggles a little bit more than we thought last year, next year? Right? What, I, th- there's a lot of – I agree with you 100%, Joe. I, I, I'm, I'm just vamping and trying to find ways, Josh. No, we need an explanation it for it because it, it really doesn't make sense. There, there's In this day and age, you gain nothing with a quarterback like that getting a redshirt year. So you gain way more by getting him a couple of snaps out there. Uh. And then the 405 here real quick. I know we're up against it. Can Chris please go over what it's going to take for OU to make it to the Big 12 championship? Thank you. Well, uh, while I appreciate that, I have noticed many of you on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line have already discovered this website that Toby tweeted today. And, I mean, at the very simplest, if you are just a chalk holds, right, every favored team wins over the next two weeks. OU over BYU, Texas over Iowa State, Kansas State over Kansas. Uh, Every game matters, too, by the way, in these tiebreakers when you have multiple teams that could be knotted up. TCU over over Baylor, blah, blah. blah. Every single chalk holds. You essentially need Cincinnati to beat Kansas, and you're in. If you want an upset that's going to help Oklahoma, regardless of what happens, chalk holds, Iowa State beats Texas. There you go. That's as simple as I can make it. Now – as you will notice, Josh, there are many, many of you on the text line that have a little bit more free time today to dig into that. Y'all have fun. 
you let us know what you find out. But my biggest goal, if I'm a Sooner fan, continue to play like you did yesterday, Saturday in Provo. Continue to play like you did Saturday back home against TCU. And let's see where the chips fall at 10-2. and And I think if we would have told you you're going to be 10-2 and to start the season, would have felt pretty good about the direction of this program. Quick break. We'll put a little wrap on hour one next on the wrap. Josh, I did have to say uh, we, we don't necessarily do shout-outs on this show, but shout-out to my mom. She's actually tuned in today. Ah, Yeah, she's a bandwagon rider, so she only listens when things are going well for <laughs> Oklahoma. No, I'm kidding, Mom. No, that – hey, look, we get it. <laughs> Love you. Miss you, Mom. Not going to lie. Really hope the Cotton Bowl lands the 29th so I don't have to go to this wedding. But uh, love you, miss you. Be home soon. My my uh, my nephew is getting married. And his uh, – Ah, congratulations. Yeah, and his fiance, she's a lot, Josh. She's a lot, but she's a blast. And my daughter wants to go. I do not. So uh, – <laughs> You're like, uh, we'll see about that. Can, can we please play in the Cotton Bowl, please? Um, Pete from Tulsa. I want you to ponder and think about this one during the top of the hour. It's amazing, amazing that Levy had to feel his job was on the line before he turned the Sooners loose. He could have had this kind of result in all of his games. Pete, I love you. Let's debate it next. It's the Plank Show. We're on the road on campus at the University of Oklahoma getting set for a taping of Coach's Corner today with Miguel Chavis and Bill Beatonbow. But we got you. We're chilling. We're talking sooner football for the next hour right here on The Ref.